Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage with an affordable price tag? Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. I'm Amy Wells, of course. Coach Mac is also here. And the Titans are coming off of a win, a big win over the Denver Broncos. They are now 6-3 and three this season. They're still 3-0 and in the division. And Coach Mack, it feels pretty good to be winners today. Well, that's a big bounce-back game, you know, especially from the gut punch in Kansas City. I mean, they laid everything on the line in Kansas City and could not quite come away with the win. And then going into this ball game, I think everybody was a little bit on edge just because of the number of players that we were going to have missing, frontline players from this game against Denver. Denver was coming off of a bye week. So they were fully rested, and we were coming off of an overtime game, very physical with Kansas City. And as I said, you know, we had several players missing, five players on defensive starters. I mean, that was an issue. The big positive was that we got Ryan Tannehill back. And as the game progressed and it unfolded, you could see, we all could see how important that was to the outcome of the game to getting uh, Ryan Tannehill back. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it felt good. I thought the atmosphere in Nissan Stadium was outstanding. Uh, I referenced it uh, quite a few times on the broadcast. The fans were into it, and they were they were very intelligently into it. They knew when to make noise, and they knew when the, the team needed juice. And for a while there, the team needed a lot of juice because uh, there weren't a lot of points scored very early on. Now, for those of you who are saying, well, this podcast is either A, late, or B, early, depending on how you look at it, the Titans play three games in 11 days. So everything is a little bananas around Ascension St. Thomas Sports Park. So we didn't get it after the Kansas City loss. We are getting it to you after the Denver win, and we are going to be previewing the Green Bay hopefully win on Thursday night. So we're kind of in the middle of all the things. So that's why the timing is the way that it is. So we want to make sure that we talk about this Denver win, kind of break it down a little bit before we move on to previewing Thursday night football. And Mac, you just referenced it. The Titans get the win over the Broncos. And in that win, they were missing a ton of starters, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And yet the defense was still able to show up really big. Why is this Titans defense so effective no matter the personnel. Well, first of all, I mean, it goes to the culture that Mike Vrabel and the type of players that John Robinson brings in here and, and the way that Mike Vrabel and his coaches coach him. I mean, everybody is held accountable. And, and if you're on this roster, if you're in this building, if you're in meetings, you're expected to be able to play if you're called upon. Uh, this game, as you said, there were five legitimate defensive starters missing from this game. This was the first ball game, Amy, where we have missed Big Jeff and Bud Dupree at the same time. You know, either one or the other had been able to play when the other one was out. Up to this point, they were both out of this game. That put a lot of stress and strut on your defensive front, and so different people had to step up. And some guys that probably were not even expecting to play at the beginning of the year we're all of a sudden finding themselves in a starting role against, in, you know, against an AFC team that we you had to win that game. We needed to win that game to to keep on pace with what we want to do. And so, and and then they really were able to talk about up front. They were able to put pressure. I mean, you know, you have six sacks, you got eighteen pressures out of guys basically out of a four man rush. And that was very very impressive to me the way that they were able to do that throughout the whole course of the ball game. 
And if they, you know, they being able to hold the line until the offense could get going a little bit, I mean, there wasn't a touchdown scored until there was a blown coverage by the Titans early on. And then off a flea flicker, you know, the Titans ran themselves to be able to answer. And so, I mean, it was a really grinded out game. And those guys up front uh, and, and, and the linebackers and the secondary, I mean, this was a different looking defense out there personnel wise than we've had all year. But the results were very, very similar. One of the things that was talked about a lot throughout the broadcast in Sunday's game was that communication's a little bit different because there were so many guys who hadn't practiced together. Is that something that is hard to overcome on a Sunday or factors into the way that you're able to play the game? Is that, hey, these guys aren't really familiar with each other's tendencies necessarily. Well, it's not tendencies. It's just the way you fit into the defense. And, and also, it's different in practice. You know, but in a in a game, every snap matters. Every snap matters a lot, and you know the offense is uh, they're charged with trying to confuse the defense, and they were doing it quite a bit with a change of personnel, and then we factor in the mobility of Russell Wilson and the off schedule plays that he was making. There were uh, there were a lot of, a lot of communication issues pre-snap and also post-snap so yeah it matters and it matters a lot because as you as you play together you you first of all you all understand the defense the same way if you have guys that are very experienced in the defense and then you have other guys that this is their first shot at it in live action it's a lot different the way they process it when the ball is snapped so that's what that's what the issue was Let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball a little bit because Ryan Tannehill played a great game despite probably not being 100% health-wise. He still has that ankle. Derrick Henry gets a lot of attention, but is Ryan Tannehill actually one of the major keys to this Titans offense? Well, just let's go back to last year. Derrick Henry missed nine games. We still won 12. Ryan Tannehill missed zero games. Your starting quarterback is always is always the engine of your offense. Always. Now, you've got big time performers, you know, that that go around the quarterback, but the quarterback, everything starts with the quarterback. And especially a veteran quarterback that can make decisions at the line of scrimmage, can change plays, uh, you know, I mean, we can hear the plays because of the parabolic mics, you know, so I can tell when he's changing plays down there and it's extremely important to be able to get in get in and out in and out of the correct plays. He and Ben Jones have a great communication going back and forth between them every time they come up to the line before the snap. And so, yes, I mean, you got to have your quarterback. Quarter, it's a quarterback-driven league regardless of, you know, uh, but who you have in there. But if you the more experience – you can't manufacture experience in this league as a player, and especially at the quarterback position. So it helped a lot that he was back in there. Nick Westbrook Akine had a career best day. He had a career high 119 yards receiving. He had his first two touchdown game in his career. And he had the longest reception of his career at 63 yards. Did we see him take the next step in his evolution as a player? Well, not really, but he just took advantage of his chances. I mean, that's the thing. And he hasn't had many chances the last two weeks. 
you know, we've only thrown, what, 14 passes in the last two games, you know, prior to this game. And so, I mean, he's just, you know, he's always been, I mean, last year, I mean, he, he steps up and shows up. But the passing game itself, we've talked quite a bit uh, this season about needing to get some traction in the vertical passing game. It's It's been a start-stop thing constantly. We've been leaning on the run game a lot and leaning on the defense. He just had a chance for – he just had more opportunities. But the the – play that he made in the end of the end zone, the corner route at the pylon was an NFL throw and it was an NFL catch. I mean, it was those, those two, that, that one, that one was amazing. Now the flea flicker, I mean, all he had to do is catch it. He had to do is catch it and then make an okie doke move on a safety, you know, trying to come across and get him. And that was uh, that was an easy, easy touchdown. Great play call at a great time. But uh, yeah, he's normally a very reliable receiver, very reliable receiver. And uh, I, I was just glad to see him be able to be a big contributor in this game because he does everything he's asked to do. And he's a, he's a tremendous, tremendous team guy. And uh, I'm sure that – and I, I didn't listen to any of the interviews in the locker room after the game, but he's always a team-first guy anytime that he's talking. So he showed up in a big way, but, he, you know, he had a chance to do that. Are we starting to see a more balanced attack on offense? No, we only just had one game of it because we got our quarterback back. I mean, it's not. I mean, it had to be an imbalance when you had a rookie quarterback in there. There's things that you just can't do, you know. That, that, that he's that he just he can't. He's not capable to pull off yet, you know. And and to be able to go one and one when we had a rookie quarterback in with the other people missing, it's a pretty big accomplishment. What needs to happen is is Ryan Tannehill continues to stay healthy. We continue to get some of our other people back. I mean, there, there, there will be a balance in this offense as soon as they can start generating uh, consecutive first downs. We still haven't uh, generated enough consecutive first downs. That's when you have balance on your offense, when you get some continuity with series. That's what we need. We, we've, got, we've still got to be able to eliminate the three and outs because three and outs is, is just like, it's like starting and stopping your engine over and over again. You need to be able to continuously run it for a while. Can we take a minute to shout out special teams, which is something that I never do. I, d- I don't acknowledge special teams near enough, I'm sure. Well, that's a, that's a major flaw in your, your observation, but go ahead. Well, uh, no, so I'm trying to correct my wrong here because really the special teams unit for the Tennessee Titans played a phenomenal game they on really Sunday. Did. And for me to notice that and think that it is worth mentioning – that is really saying something right there. Well, here's the reason. Because field position is a big key to this team's success. Yeah. Because of the fact that we're struggling on offense, uh, we need to be able to put the opponent's offense in a very unfavorable field position so that when defensively they get them out on third down and they have to punt from hopefully backed up in their own territory that we get advantageous field position. And it all starts with – the punting game when you have to punt on fourth down, and uh, Ryan Stonehouse has been amazing. Not only him himself, but the protection and then the coverage has been tremendous. It's been excellent. And but this is a field position team right now, the way it's put together, and we need to be able to take advantage of the hidden yardage in field position because when you start looking at the, at the ebb and flow of a ball game, field position, especially when you're struggling to score points, is a big thing. Dear special teams unit, I'm sorry that I don't acknowledge what you guys do more often. I apologize. I will now right my wrong. 
Well, you, you do a good job there, and I'll tell you where else you can do a better job of is when we're at practice, watching special teams practice. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. But I am happy to acknowledge that they played really well. And really, Dylan Cole, some of the hits that that man was making, holy smokes, you could feel him on the sidelines. Dylan Cole is, is no, you're, you're right down there next to it. But Dylan Cole, he is not afraid of contact. He's, he's straight ahead, no fair dodging. I mean, he is legitimate when he goes after people. He does the same thing on defense. I mean, because he's, 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 he's got speed and he's fearless. Those are really two good things to have as a defensive player. That is an entertaining combination for any NFL athlete. Yeah, especially on defense. Yes, especially on defense. But you know what else is entertaining? This new thing that LG is doing. So this is called Taste of Tennessee. LG presents Taste of Tennessee. It's a new show. And it explores one of the most eclectic hotbeds for food, which is Nashville. You're not playing along, but that's okay. Each episode takes you into a rich and historic food scene and inside the kitchens of some of the city's most well-known chefs. Even Tennessee Titans players, past and present, pay a visit. And they are sharing some classic Nashville eats. You can watch these episodes now exclusively on LG channels and on your LG OLED TV. I want a list of those places because I'm a huge foodie guy. Okay, well, let me tell you. I can tell you exactly what they are. Party Fowl is one of them. Know where that is. Martin's Barbecue. Been there. Yes. About 1,200 times. (laughs) And Slim and Husky's Pizza. Been there, too. Three phenomenal locations. <laughs> those, that's, those are excellent choices, too. And they're going behind the scenes a little bit. They are getting down and dirty, talking about food and the food scene in Nashville. And there are some Titans players that you might recognize. I don't know, Keith Bullock, Javon Kurse, Bud Dupree. They might be there. Well, the thing about, the thing about Nashville is, in, in all honesty, it's a great foodie place. It is a tremendous foodie place. I've got, you know, several visitors for home games every weekend, and they all ask for recommendations. I said, you can't go to all the places that are good in one weekend. Right. You just can't. Some of them try, but they just can't. Nashville's like New York City where there's no bad food because you just wouldn't survive if it was bad food. That's a great point. No matter where you go. If you've got a bad food place, you're not going to stay here long. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So anyway, check that out. Very cool thing. And it's making me hungry just talking about it. So now we have to move on because I'm not eating anytime soon. Let's move on to Thursday night football because that is what's coming up. The Titans are going to Green Bay. They're taking on the Packers. And that means that the Tennessee Titans are getting on an airplane on Wednesday. So they play on Sunday, have Monday, Tuesday to really prepare. Wednesday, do something light like a walkthrough. And then they get on a plane, play on Thursday. How hard is it to flush a game so quickly when you're not even given the 24-hour rule? You basically get 24 minutes. Well, it's, it's hard on your body for the players. Coaches, it, it squeezes their time too. You started at the beginning of this podcast saying we've got three games in 11 days. We're on a pretty tight schedule too, the way we run things uh, with all the broadcast and the radio shows and, and everything that podcast and uh, under the sea and uh, everything that we do here. You know, just getting ready for the next game to get the information out, you know, to our fans. But the the team, I mean, I've lived this as a coach. And, and three games in 11 days 
puts a stretch on you. But the first thing you care about is the health of your players and, and their body recovery. I mean, you, you said they'll just walk through on Wednesday. They'll walk through all week. There won't be much practicing going on because they've got to get their bodies back. They've got to, they've got to get it in the film room. They've got to get it in walkthrough. And here's the other thing, too, about a, a, it's different with a quick turnaround from Sunday to Thursday if you're playing a familiar opponent. If you're, playing, if you're playing a division opponent, it's a little bit easier because you've got a lot of reference points to go back to as far as game planning goes. But this is an unknown opponent. It's an NFC opponent. We've played them before, so we understand who they are. We've played them in Green Bay before, so we understand that experience. But this Green Bay team, we don't know quite as well as we've known some of the other teams that we have played so it's it's a it's a real mental exercise too for the players getting ready to know the personnel because you want to know your personnel matchups when you're going in the game everybody knows Aaron Rodgers everybody knows who he is but everybody is the surrounding cast both offensively and defensively you've got to you've got to speed up the process of getting familiar with them and then start looking at ways that you might can take advantage of them. So how do you pair all of that down? I mean, that's a tremendous amount of things that you have to do in a very short amount of time. How do you pare it down as a coach and really just highlight the most important things? Because you don't want to overload people's brains with such a short time frame. Well, a lot of all the information has already been gathered. They've gathered that information, and then you you pick through it, and then it, it's it's parceled out to the individual coaches for the individual meeting rooms, and then offensive defense. Mike Vrabel will set a team meeting, and he'll give the overall view and get everything you know squared away. This is how they are. This is what we need to do uh, in all three phases to be able to win this football game. But then it, it it's to the it's to the individual position coaches and to the individual players to break down their parts of it. Then you go through. Then you go through your walkthroughs. It's it's all very organized, but it's not. I mean, they've known this Thursday game was coming for a long time, and so they've already had their people that prepare all of this stuff, get everything ready, so that as soon as that game was over, and and people were coming probably in here to get treatment after that ball game. I mean, we've done it before. Where you, if you're at home, come in, get treatment, start start it with your with your uh, active recovery immediately. That plan's already put together, so they've already been looking at that. Once you win the game, you're happy you won the game. That's great. If there's anything major that you need to correct, or and the big thing is who was injured in the game, who are we going to have available, and then how are we going to start putting this game now, the Packers are doing the same thing because they also play on Thursday night, but they had a game that was later because it went into overtime. So they had extra snaps. They had a later game. Does that change their timeline a little bit when it comes to turning everything around? Because there's a little bit more wear on the body. There's a little bit more of an emotional component. And just the time frame is later by no, hours. No, because they're at home. Okay. They don't have to travel. See, the travel. See, the, the advantage goes to a Thursday turnaround to the home team because you don't have to travel. You still have to get everything prepared. They've had they look. They've been watching the Titans too for a long time. They've known this was coming too. But anytime you are a home team on a Thursday turnaround, that's to your advantage because travel takes a pretty good chunk out of that Wednesday when you could be not only working, you could also be resting. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's talk about the Packers a little bit. Let's do a little preliminary scouting report. We know about Aaron Rodgers. He is a very famous NFL quarterback. But when you watch him this season, 
what's different about him, either positive or negative, than in previous seasons? He's just more frustrated this year because of the people around him. You know, they, he, he has – and until, until the last game. I mean, Christian Watson, the rookie out of North Dakota State, finally came to life for him. But, you know, they've been struggling, you know, up until the time. And uh, offensively, defensively, they've, they've, they've played pretty well. But in that ball game against Dallas that they just had, that they went into overtime and beat a good Dallas team in overtime, they ran the ball well. And then Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. And at the last, he started, you know, running – you know, the tempo offense and started calling it on his own and started spinning it down the field. And he and Matt LaFleur were having a lot of discussions on the sideline about whether he should be getting calls from the sideline or just let me run this out here. And so most of his, uh, I, I would say, struggles this year have been just because he's frustrated because uh, he was, you know, there's a pretty new unit around him. Now they're, they're familiar now. They drafted Christian Watson in the first round out of North Dakota State. He really hasn't. He's been kind of a frustrating dude. He showed up last night, you know, for three touchdowns. So, anyway, but Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. And once he, once he gets in rhythm, he's a problem. He's still mobile enough. I mean, he used to be scary mobile when he was back when he was brand new, and now he's not. But he is he is he is really sneaky mobile now, and can move around and can still spin it everywhere. And you know, is one of the premier guys when he's running an offense, especially when he gets in rhythm. So huge challenge defensively. The other thing that Green Bay did well against Dallas, they ran the ball. They ran the ball extremely well. So here we go. As a Titans defense, when you're looking at a team that you're seeing maybe struggling to find their identity or their footing as an offense, are there places where you can take advantage of that? Well, I mean, every week is so different in the National Football League. You know how it is. You see teams that you say, you look at them and say, oh, God, there's no way we can even hang with this team. And then you go up and do what you did against Kansas City with a depleted roster. Then there's some teams you look at and go, wow, you know what? They are really, and all of a sudden you're in a dogfight. And so, and especially playing at Green Bay, playing at Green Bay has never been easy on any of the teams I've ever been on. I've had good teams that have gone up there and won. I've had bad teams that have gone up there and gotten boat raced. I've had bad teams that have gotten up there and taken them to the wire. But it's a hard place to play because, I mean, they're into it up there. Defensively, what do you like about the Packers? Defensively, what they do is they present you quite a few problems because of the different looks they're going to give you. And they do – they understand this. As long as they have Aaron Rodgers, they can take some chances on defense because he can always make up for some scores. I mean, and that's what they've always counted on up there when they're playing defense, that he could – that Aaron Rodgers can always bring them back. I mean, as long as I've been playing against Green Bay since I've been in the league, it's been two quarterbacks, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. And both of those guys could bring them back. You know, I mean, I played a few games against the Magic Man, Mikowski, a few, you know, but the dudes have been far. And that's really the way defense has been there for a long time. You know, uh, we go clear back to Reggie White when they were dominant on defense. Well, they haven't been dominant on defense for a while, but they play good complementary defense to the offense because of their quarterback. It's going to be cold, Mac. This is not going to be a warm weather experience for anyone. And really, I mean, it was cold against the Broncos at Nissan Stadium. For anybody that was there, they know it was chilly. It was chilly. This is going to be a new level of cold and also at night so you don't have benefit of the warming sun. The first really cold weather game is a challenge for a team, right? Well, 
Yes, it, I mean, it is if you let it get in your head. If you, if you go up there and you just play. I, I was at the Bears for 10 years. We loved when teams would come in from warm weather cities. We would have our, our defensive players, Hampton, McMichael, Dent, those guys would go out in T-shirts and shorts, you know, before, and, and teams would be out there with those little hand warmers and hot, and they'd just stand around their T-shirts and shorts and just look at them, and then they would never wear sleeves, put Vaseline on their arms. It was a head game. You know, so, uh, yeah, but you've got you've to gotta get yourself prepared for it. And the thing to do there, too, is, you know, especially if team and, – and Mike Vrabel knows how to get team ready for, 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 for cold weather. And, and the first thing is, is when you get up there, you get out in it. You know, when you're – you don't, you, don't, you don't sit in the locker room and, and sit next to the heater 10 minutes before you need to go out. You go out and get in it and get revved up because when it's cold – when it's cold as a player or it's cold as a coach down on the sideline when you're moving and work, it's not quite like how cold it is when you'll be cold. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be cold, and it will be in my head. Yeah, you, you, I don't have to play. Well, it's so. already in your head. It's already in your head, and th- we're recording this in a nice heated room. So, But you'll be cold. I've seen you in this element before. Mm-hmm. It's not great. No, well, it wasn't good. I mean, and. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the last time we went to Lambeau, it was in the middle of an actual blizzard. It was a blizzard. It was so cold. Well, you didn't have the right gear on. I didn't have the right gear on. I thought I did, but uh, waterproof is a really big deal in a blizzard. And it was slushy, and it yeah, there were just a lot of factors that were working against me. And no, you look like you you look <laughs> like a really lost little puppy sitting outside an animal shelter when it was raining and sleeting. When you walked into the booth after the game, looked at you and went, "You're not okay." <laughs> I was not okay. I was absolutely not okay. Well, be okay this time. Get prepared. Yeah. I just um, if we can get a a win, a W will keep me warm. Well, that, I that, think. No, it will. You know yeah. it will. Yeah. But still, be prepared. I will. Good. I will. And anybody who is heading to Lambo, actually, there are a lot of Titans fans that I have just heard and seen on social media who are going to this game. So let proud me just, of you. Let me just say this: if you get a chance to go to Lambo, do it. It's a cathedral to football. I mean, it is the National Football League. It's different than any place in the league. I mean, it sits right in the middle of a, of a very middle-class neighborhood. It's, it's outstanding. Those are very sophisticated fans. They are great fans. When I was coaching with the Bears my first year, the veteran coaches told me, go on the first bus, get dressed, and come with us. We're going to the parking lot tailgating. And I went, what? I said, yeah, <laughs> put on your stuff, and we'd go to the it it's a it's a tremendous atmosphere. It's a cathedral to football. It really is. It's worth the visit. It it it's worth the visit. Yep. So all Titans fans who are heading up there, we're excited for you. We are excited to see you there. We hope you enjoy your experience. But take a dang coat. It's no, gonna no, be cold. No, no. Look. First of all, all our two million listeners, don't take any cold weather clothing tips from Amy Wells. Here's what you do. Check your stuff. Get some good winter weather gear. I know that you won't go for fashion. I don't go for fashion. Have you ever seen me on the sidelines during a cold game? I look ridiculous. Those boots you had, you said, were very furry. But the problem was is they were furry (sighs) until the water started soaking through them to the bone. Yeah, so here was my flaw, listeners. Do not be like me. I had warm, fluffy boots. However... 
they were not okay so they were waterproof not water resistant or the reverse they were water they were water soluble they, yeah. yeah they soaked yeah. all the water so they could in a slushy snow they just soaked up that water like a sponge and put it right on my cold toes yeah don't worry about fashion get yeah. really nice warm clothes get hand warmers and go and enjoy the game you will enjoy the environment i promise you yeah you will. You will. And this is going to be a good game. This Titans team is going to be a good matchup for this Packers team, right? Yes, absolutely it is. It's a it's it's a it's a it's a big game for both teams. Green Bay got back on the winning road, beating a winning a big game on Sunday night against Dallas. Titans get got back on the winning ways, beating Denver, so it'll be a great game. It's going to be a great game. The Titans take on the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night football at Lambeau Field. Kickoff for that game is at 7.15. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be a lot of fun. For Coach Mack, I'm Titans Amy, Amy Wells. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Titans Amy and Coach Mack podcast. Dress warm. Dress warm. Dress warm.